Welcome to episode 111 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Neymar. Hey, John, what's on your mind this week? So I thought this week we could chat a little bit about the, the juggernaut that is streaming television, uh, the accompanying consumer behavior uh, accompanying that in some instances, which is cord cutting, and then the future of the television medium, which is being shaped by you know both of those things. Uh, I wanted to start off just by noting that um, in a few days, uh, actually uh, on the 14th of July, uh, our uh, friends at Netflix will be splitting their stock seven way, or uh, it's a it's a seven way split. So they're going from uh, one share. You'll have uh, if you own one today, you'll own seven uh, on the 14th of July, and then uh, uh, you know they're they're trading you know cl- uh, close to seven hundred dollars, not not quite there. So all of a sudden that stock will be uh, you know supposedly you know more accessible to your mom and pop type investors. But I think that is a notable uh, event in uh, streaming television just because Netflix is you know uh, one of the most popular, if not the most popular streaming service and just really shows how uh, both, uh, Wall Street and you know the consumer have really gravitated toward this model as being the way that uh, we're we're going to consume television in the future. Uh, Dirk, what was your uh, impression of of this uh, uh, major happening for for our friends at Netflix? Well, it really caps a remarkable return to grace. I mean, I can remember our talking on the show when Quickster came out. Mm-hmm. And the Netflix stock dropped and plummeted to its its nadir. Um, I mean, now it's I don't know ten times what it was, you know, just a few years ago now. Um, so it's been it's been pretty incredible from from a business perspective. I mean, to, in terms of the the more macro stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, cord cutting has been happening for a long time. As as a new generation emerges, it's not even cord cutting; it's sort of cordless, which is yes. to say, they never had the cord. Um, and wouldn't dream of getting it. Uh, you know, there's there's not a lot um, there, there's not a lot of virtue in the corded models, and by that I'm including you know satellite models as as well. Um, and maybe even cordless isn't the right term, frankly, anymore. You know, it's it's more of these large um, sort of large scale subscriptions where you're getting hundreds or thousands of channels in this giant bushel. For, for a whole bunch of money. Um, those are just outdated. They're silly. Um, they don't match with current technology. They don't match with current consumer tastes. Um, they don't match with uh, current viewing habits and ways of consuming content. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's no big surprise. It's been happening and accelerating for a long time. You know, the big question is, is what's next. And, you know, you kept using the word television when you were talking about mm-hmm. it. I, I, you know, if I were consulting one of my, my clients on how to, how to breach new markets and how to, to rethink about how, how to go to market, I think you need to, to look at it sort of a couple levels up. Like it's, at the end of the day, it's video content. And the notions that we have of movie, television show, you know, network television show, cable television show, premium 
television show, all of which are different. Um, you know, YouTube type videos, um, you know, which we might might um, this is probably not uh, a relevant term anymore, but sort of in the user generated content mm -hmm. sphere, we've just got video and. Uh, the question is, what are the best services? What are the best uh, methods of getting you to the video that you want to consume? Um, and so to me, television, like that's all, that's all just noise. At the end of the day, it's that video is, is in interesting ways consolidating and, and fragmenting. So it's consolidating from the standpoint of, of service offerings, like the What's making cordless a more viable path is a narrowing of potential providers, of whether it be um, software service providers like a Netflix or an Amazon, or hardware providers like an Apple TV or a Roku, which are just coming at it from from overlapping, but but different ways. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of interesting grist here, but the, the one thing for sure is the, the way that we consume our video content is really evolving at the moment, and how we're, we're consuming it now is going to look very different from, from how we are buying, paying for it, and consuming it even into the future. We're right now in an evolutionary uh, and, and changing moment in, you know, in, in that path. Yeah, I, you know, I want to dig in a little bit to that, uh, you know, how we are consuming our uh, video content now, because I, I think that's important. And and I think the behaviors that we're displaying now are are being, you know, driven, driven by, you know, technology as as a facilitator to, you know, access this content. And frankly, I. Uh, myself didn't even really notice how much my viewing habits had changed until I started reviewing them, you know, to come <laughs> on the show. Uh, and so, so now we have the possibility of basically consuming uh, video content basically anywhere there is a screen um, or just about anywhere that there is a screen. So, uh, you know, I had it had a little, uh, you know, I, I took a, a week off to go on vacation and uh, at the at the house I rented, they had a, uh, a Vizio uh, television that happened to have an Amazon button built right into it. Right. So I just clicked on the Amazon yeah. button and, you know, typed in my username and password and boom, you know, I'm into the Amazon Prime streaming. Um, service which has you know all sorts of stuff for my kids to watch has stuff that I like to watch etc but it's, it's just this immediate connectedness to the digital realm that you know in the past I don't think you know I ever had that opportunity to just sort of uh, grab a hold of, of you know the equivalent of my digital library to access that no matter where I was and and the funny thing was that it was so seamless um, you know, I, I almost just expected it to work, and it did. Now, now, uh, you know, uh, to sort of follow up on that, um, I enjoy uh, watching a lot of HBO shows, and I know both you and I are fans of The Wire, which is uh, one of their older but very, you know, still very popular shows. And so I was sort of re-watching episodes of that, um, you know, on my, on my laptop uh, through their HBO Go application. And then... 
it sort of saves where I am in the episode. So later at night, I was like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, take a look at this on a, on a mobile phone and finish the episode. And it picks up right where it left off, which is, um, I mean, just, you know, from a behavior standpoint, here I am, you know, I've, I've started it in one service and then sort of ended up uh, finishing the episode in, in a totally different way on a totally different uh, screen and and it's it's seamless so so in in one sense that's really awful because now my free time is getting uh getting totally consumed by watching video content which i have to watch out for but uh the fact is my relationship with the show is because it's so accessible and and so easy for me to dive into that world uh i feel much closer uh, to to the show itself, and you know there there are a number of shows that I feel this way about, but it's it's almost like um, a deeper level of fandom when you can when you can grab this content and sort of binge watch it whenever whenever you want. I mean, theoretically, I could be standing in line at the post office and be watching an episode of The Wire. Um, which is which is kind of a, a you know a frightening and distracting thought. But I do feel like my relationship to the storytelling has changed, and not just because, um, you, you know, not just because it's it's a great story and I'm binge watching it, but more because it's available to me whenever. Dirk, how are you feeling? Like your relationship to uh, stories that you like to view? Do you feel uh, more deeply engaged in them because of the uh, technology umbilical cord we have now? Hmm, more deeply engaged. I'm going to say no. Um, mm -hmm. I think the most deeply engaged I've ever been in a television show was the first season of 24, which I got on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And that was delivered by DVDs, which, of course, is now a terribly outdated technology. And a part, interestingly, part of what made the experience so intense was, you know, the, the format, of course, they were using for the show, the content itself was really novel and innovative and and designed around sort of high drama and and um, you know cliffhangers, but but additionally, it was the fact that I could get to all the content at that time. But crucially, the the DVD access that I had kept it kept it where I could get some of it, but not all of it. So you know, I had a couple of DVDs from Netflix, and I wanted to keep watching more um, before more DVDs would come. So I went to the 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 you know the rental store mm -hmm. brick and mortar right and, and got the rest uh, to keep to keep kind of plowing through it so you know that there that ties into some of the conveniences of um, of modern consumption you know this was now almost 15 years ago if not 15 years ago but but interestingly there were friction points in the acquisition and consumption process that enhanced um, my my excitement. You know, to 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 come with the counter uh, on a on a trip recently, I binge watched the latest season of Game of Thrones. I watched mm -hmm. you know from episode four of the season through episode ten, and I wasn't that engaged. Like, you know, it was kind of on you know on my laptop, but I was sort of working at the same time. So sometimes I'd hear something that interested me, and I'd go and watch at the same time. But despite Game of Thrones, you know, being what I would say is probably, uh, um, you know, acknowledging sort of the over, 
overbearing amounts of violence and and badness towards women, which have got me to the point where I don't really enjoy the show much anymore. But put, acknowledging those and then putting them on the shelf for a moment, Game of Thrones is sort of objectively a better piece of art than than 24, than the first season of 24. So um, despite that, despite the content being of higher quality, the, the confluence of context of consumption and my own context as the consumer having changed in the, the subsequent 15 years have, have made me less, um, not, more, not more connected to that. Interesting. So I wanted to uh, you know, point out that this year, uh, 2015, has been a, a really uh, a high watermark so far for, for streaming television uh, or streaming video, as it were, um, with with the HBO Now uh, service available, which you can get on Apple TV, and completely you know divorces HBO from from the uh, the cable providers, right? So you can just sort of get it when you want, and uh, with the launching of innumerable uh, online streaming services from from uh, uh, you know sort of niche television. Uh, stations like I, I'm pretty sure that Lifetime Television just launched their streaming service, which should be telling us something when there's a uh, that much of a niche uh, TV station that now has a streaming service that that streaming is really the um, you, you know the the wave of the future or or the, you know the wave of the present, I guess, because everybody's doing it. What's I I, I guess what has really interested me in, uh, in, in, in this consumption pattern of video is, is also the, the way that audiences can sort of more directly engage with the things that they want to watch. So Amazon Originals has that, uh, uh, has that model where they show you the pilot um, and they let you sort of comment on it and the ones that sort of receive the best uh, reviews and the most stars are the ones that uh, that get made, and I think that's that's uh, not only a, a great way to sort of figure out whether they're going to have shows that are going to sell, but but it also makes it so that uh, the viewer feels like they have a stake uh, in the storytelling that's coming. So um, I'm in particular looking forward to seeing the full. Uh, series of the man in the high castle which is a philip k dick uh 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 alternate future book uh you know imagining if if the uh, uh the allies had lost world war ii and what would america look like but the pilot on amazon i saw that and i'm like oh you know it's like the first time i went into amazon and it said you must you must uh make this television show happen i believe it's uh uh, Ridley Scott's production company that's that's uh, creating it, but uh, I I really enjoy sci-fi and and that show really hit hit it off uh, uh, for me, and so so now I'm I'm not only sort of uh, providing this market data back to Amazon, but I'm like actively you know checking the site. I'm like, okay, you said you were going to produce it. When are you going to drop these ten episodes so I can just go into hibernation and watch the whole thing over a weekend and shirk all my uh, parental responsibilities? So, so whether that relationship is is healthy or not, I don't know. But 
uh, I think this just further uh, uh, intensifies the relationship that we have with the with the storytelling. Have have you engaged with that that Amazon pilot model uh, at all, Dirk? You know, I, I've watched uh, one or two over over the years. I mean, the last one was probably a year or two ago. But um, the, I think what what you're talking about, what the, what thread that moves into for me is earlier in the show, I talked about how there's a lot of consolidation on one hand, but there's also fragmentation on the other. And the fragmentation is coming from the standpoint of um, of all of these different content creators that don't share a distribution platform. So one of the virtues of the corded model was if you were on cable or on the satellite, and I don't know how many years back we'd have to go now, I'm going to guess five, you know, plus or minus two, um, everything was there from, from a television perspective, literally. It, if, if some new thing came on and you read a review about it that it was really good, you went to this one service, you could get your DVR to suck it up, and you would have it. It would be delivered to you. Now, with this, this explosion of these competing um, services that are sort of blends between distribution and content creation, now the, the horse is completely out of the barn. I mean, I've, I've reached the point where I don't even try to keep up with it all, right? Like, in the past, there was this notion that there's all of this content being created between television and movies. And I think th this has been a reality more on the movie side for a longer time with the explosion of, of the independent movie scene. But there's all of this content out there and everything that's good will fall into my channel, like will fall into mm -hmm. the corded thing and the DVD delivery service or brick and mortar rental store. And I'm gonna consume everything I want to. Um, I'll have knowledge of it and I'll, I'll see it. And that's just gone. Like that is that is gone so many times over because the the number of of companies now like Amazon, where you know Amazon controls their their channel, they're making their content. And if there's good shows on Amazon, I correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not going to find them on Netflix. You're not going to find them on competing services in the same way. And so, for me, what that's created for me is that I don't care about any of it anymore. It's it's all, almost moved in like with books. There's so many books published that we, we can't keep track of them all. I mean, you know, the ones that rise to our attention are just, just you know, the, the small, tiny minority. And we don't even have a compulsion or a desire to try and keep up with it all, to, to have access um, to everything. And for me, like now, all of what's been happening over the last five-ish years has made that happen from a video perspective. I'm like, you know, fuck all. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to try. You know, somebody's talking about this great show. Somebody's talking about their, that great show. I'm going to say, is it on these couple of channels that I can pay attention to? And by channels, I mean distribution channels in the broad sense, not a single channel on a corded provider. If yes, okay, I'll look into it. If no, I just don't care anymore because there's too much. There's too much choice. There's too fragmented of delivery. Um, and so it's, it's in, in a very interesting way, it's taking... It's taking sort of the early, the early promise and premise of you know niche cable channels that really exploded 20 plus years ago, where we went from you know double digit channels to hundreds of channels. It's taken that and made it a a sort of hard coded reality where you can't search, um, you can't just go up 300 channels through the same thing and get there. It's just off in some corner of the internet or some corner of of the content 
production space and and you may not be able to get at it at all without setting up a new account without you know potentially paying money to a new service um, and so uh, the the impact of that on how we perceive video content particularly packaged video content that would be traditionally delivered as a quote-unquote television show or a quote-unquote movie it's like all all bets are off and and it's going to just continue to really evolve and change how we frame that kind of content. And for young people, for people like my children and yours, John, but also for people who are a little bit older, teenagers now, or perhaps going into young adulthood, this is kind of all they've ever known. And so we've got still this model that's you know, more um, implicit than explicit of we can watch whatever we want. We've got it all. We've got our arms around it. Like it's never been that way for them. And so, you know, what... What are the implications on, on how this continues to change in, in the future and how video content fits into, um, into media content in the bigger picture? I think there's a lot of unanswered questions there, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D Niemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Or email me, Dirk, at GoInvo.com. So that's it for episode 111 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.